Lord Jesus, your spirit gives us wisdom and understanding. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, your spirit helps us to understand that in our love for you, nothing can destroy us, nothing can overcome us. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, your relationship with us and our relationship with each other are the pearl of great price, the treasure hidden in the field. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. May God forgive our sins. May God bring us to everlasting life. Amen. In the following passage from the first book of Kings, we are told that God made an offer to young Solomon, who would be king. God offered to give Solomon whatever he asked for as he accepted the responsibility of leading God's people. Solomon asked for wisdom. Why was that a good choice? A reading from the first book of Kings. As Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father, David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I do now according to your word Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall rise after you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. St. Paul teaches us that God makes all things work for good for those who love God. What examples can you? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. 
Brothers and sisters, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those who God predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure filled, hidden in a field. When someone found and hid, then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all of this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The gospel of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is amazing. Millennials seem to use that. They separate the word. Normal people pronounce it amazing. But millennials, who begin just about every sentence with so, when they say amazing, it's amazing. The kingdom of heaven is amazing. In the parables that Jesus speaks to us today, he teaches us how important the kingdom of heaven is, what great value the kingdom of heaven has in our lives. But as we said yesterday morning at Minute Prayer, what is that kingdom? Before we can understand what it's worth, or how or what we have to do to take a share in it, we have to figure out what exactly are we talking about, the kingdom of heaven. It's amazing. It's amazing. The kingdom of heaven is not a castle. It's not a castle with a moat. It's not a castle that fends off attacks from Hagar the Horrible. 
the kingdom of God is not defended by bows and arrows and shields and swords. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it's us. It's people who have the spirit of God alive in us. It's people who, with that spirit of God alive in us, hear the word of God and put it into action. The kingdom of God is people who are moved by the spirit living within to be compassionate to be servants for others, to forgive 70 times, seven times. The kingdom of God is people who be, who live in the presence of God, who pray, who hear the word of God and allow that word to shape our lives. The kingdom of God is amazing. In the text that Jack read today from the Gospel of Matthew, we continue to hear Jesus teaching with parables, stories from everyday life. These stories really don't clarify for us what is the kingdom of God. Instead, they try to tell us how the kingdom of God grows, how the kingdom of God spreads, how the kingdom of God helps the world to be shaped in compassion, kindness, forgiveness, healing. The parables that Jesus tells us today remind us that the kingdom of God is worth much more than anything the world can offer us. Anything the world can offer us. The kingdom of God is a treasure buried in the field. Sell everything you have and, and buy that field. The kingdom of God is a pearl of great price. Sell everything you have and buy that pearl. What do we value? As we look at our own lives, what, what do we look at what we have or what we want, what we dream about? What do we believe is treasure, valuable? The most wonderful thing that we could possibly have in our lives that can change our lives transforming us. What is there in our lives that we treasure? What in our lives do we say is amazing? At the beginning of the Great Depression, as opposed to the one that we're going through now, the Great Depression in the 30s, W.R. Kellogg, the head of the Kellogg's Cereal and Grain Company, proposed a really radical 
situation for his workers. Do you remember K-E-L-L-O, double good, Kellogg's best to you? Or people my age might remember Kellogg's sugar corn pops, sugar pops are tops. I bet you'll be thinking of that all day today. And 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 there. But what W.R. Kellogg did, he mandated that for the people who worked for his corporation, instead of working in three eight-hour shifts, he changed it. He decided to divide the workday into four six-hour shifts. The thought was, as he looked at the, the country and he looked at the company and he looked at the community in, in Battle Creek, Michigan, he realized that if people worked fewer hours, he could hire more people. And that would have a positive effect on the economy, on the community. Kellogg and his advisors weren't naive. They knew that people would struggle with having less money for working less hours. So in the first year of the experiment, they decided to give folks money for seven hours instead of just six hours. Well, how did that work? It was amazing. Although they feared that production would go down because people were working fewer hours. Instead, folks were approaching their jobs with renewed vigor. Production increased instead of decreased with fewer hours of people worked. The government found out about it, the federal government, and they sent researchers to see what was going on. How is this working? They interviewed workers whose hours had been cut from eight to six. The stories, there was one woman who was a very bright woman. She was self-educated and time for her to read and to look at art, to listen to music was really, really important and life-giving to her. She found that the reduced time at work was a blessing in her life. It enabled her to be who she truly was. Another person interviewed talked about her family, how her family was affected by the extra two hours she had at home. Her family was into canning uh, vegetables and fruits. My mother always canned uh, tomatoes and, and, and peaches and Canning was quite the project in the family. What she found was that once she recruited her teenage sons to work with her in canning fruits and vegetables for the household, those kids started talking to her. While they were working, they were talking, she was getting to know them better. She was getting to know what was important to them. It was amazing. With the inception of World War II, Franklin Roosevelt, the president, decreed that people had to go back to working eight hours 
in order to try to bolster the economy, and so they did. But after the war, the people at Kellogg's, K-E-L-L-O-Double-Good, Kellogg's Best, the people at Kellogg's were given a choice. Do you want to stay with the eight-hour day, or do you want to go back to six hours? Guess what they chose? Six hours. In spite of the fact they had less money to spend, the value of time was much greater to them. Again, a few years later, they put the choice to the people who worked, and once again, instead of eight hours, they chose to work six hours a day. Time with their families, time doing the things that they really wanted to do was more important than money to buy stuff. Do you believe that? It seems that people with the extra two hours were giving those hours to their family. We're giving those hours to working with the church community, doing volunteer work, making things better in their homes and in the neighborhood. But wouldn't you know, in the 60s, when television started to dominate our culture, they were given the choice again, six hour workday or eight. And now with television calling them to imagine all they could have and all they could own, they chose to go back to eight hours. They sold the treasure of time for the things that money can buy. Not amazing, but as they would say in Germany, Abershad, too bad. So as we celebrate today, we hear these stories of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves, what is the kingdom of heaven in our lives? So how do we understand this basic teaching of Jesus? And we have to ask, what is it in our lives that we have to let go of? in order for the kingdom of heaven to be fully alive within us and giving us fullness of life. The kingdom of heaven is amazing. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.